In God's Word, Ephesians chapter 5, last week we, uh, Paul addressed the wives and uh, I made a few comments on that and this week I'm preaching to myself today being a husband and so I'm not out of this, uh, I'm, in here, I'm in there with you as, as husbands and uh, because I know, not right this second, but I know she'll be back. Uh, and I can say this now, she's gone. Uh, there, is, there is one who is in our midst who knows my failings, my faults, my inconsistencies. Uh, she knows me very well. And, uh, and she still puts up with me. That's the amazing thing. And uh, so I don't pretend to have all this uh, under my belt, so to speak, uh, I'm not a major league baseball player batting bat a thousand. You really don't want to know uh, uh, my average. Uh, but uh, by God's grace, uh, I'm making strides uh, as a husband. And uh, so let's read together uh, Ephesians 5, uh, 23 through 33. For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and without blemish. So husbands are to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And may God bless our hearts the reading of this portion of his word and uh, that we might be obedient uh, as well to it. Remember the context, uh, uh, and that is that we're to walk worthy of the calling. In chapter 4, Paul talks about that. We talked about being filled with the Spirit and what that looks like. And uh, for the wives, it looks like and is, part of it is submitting to their husbands and men today. You cannot be filled with the Spirit and at the same time not love and lead your wife. End of quote. It just simply cannot be done. I preached on this uh, topic in Kenya, Africa to a rather large congregation and very lively congregation. The men in Africa really don't understand what it means to, to love their wives. Uh, there's just a lack of education and so forth. But I was able to preach on love, loving your wife, 
But uh, also this morning, we want to begin with being a leader, a servant leader to your wife. So um, next week, men, you're going to get it again. See, the wife only had one. You got two. So uh, uh, two times to be uh, to hear God's word concerning this this great topic. Uh, but anyway, there was a wonderful response by the men there. I asked for show of hands of the men who would go home and wash their wives' feet, and just about every man raised his hand that he would do that. And George Wafula, who was interpreting for me, he looked at me and he said, and they'll do it too. They just don't talk. They will do it. And, uh, and so we want to look at next week what that love is and what it looks like. But uh, two things, I think, by way of introdu- introduction. Here Paul is saying that the husband has two aspects to his role with respect to his, his wife. He is the head of his wife, and he is to be the leader of the family, the authority figure. And he represents Christ's authority over them. And uh, that's a major thing that we want to look at this morning. And then next week we will see he is to be her lover as Christ loves the church. That he is to love her as he loves himself. We don't have any trouble, do we, men loving ourselves? And uh, we're going to look at that. Uh, And also we see leading and loving go together. So you don't, it's not like next week uh, uh, we're going to talk about loving and this week about being leader. No, it's a loving leader, okay? But I'm just breaking it up because there's so so much information here. And when I tried to do it all, I just said, I can't do this. With uh, and give it justice, so that's why we're breaking it up. But they go together, and uh, so you're to lead in a loving way. And by the way, men, your your wife will know the difference in leading in a loving way and leading uh, not in a loving way. Is that right, women? Is that right, ladies? Yes, I think that is right. Uh, uh, you know the difference, and. Uh, and your wives are not going to buy that uh, when you separate the two. And Christ mixed authority and love together. And it was always for the good of the church. It was for the good of his people. And men, it's for the good of your wife that you do what you do. Uh, this is a huge, 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 and I can say that to the end of the sermon And I couldn't emphasize it enough. Responsibility. Huge responsibility. Being a servant leader uh, to your wife. Uh, So remember that. And of course Christ leads and loves the church, the bride perfectly. But we uh, as husbands represent Christ to our wives. And we are to be like Christ. So we are to be perfect. To our wives. That's a, that's a tall order. Because we all know what? We fail. We all fail. But that's not an excuse. Uh, is it? And, um, and so, men, where do you turn for instruction to be a leader? Well, you don't turn to the military manual uh, of the Army or the Marine Corps 
to find out what being a leader is all about because that cannot be very loving sometimes. As my dad used to say, uh, a private did about 99% of the work and uh, driven by the leaders. And, uh, and so we're not to, to lead in that. But we go to God's word, do we not? We go to God's word and find out what God tells uh, what man's part is in marriage. In 1 Timothy 3, we find that, Psalms 128. I'm just listing some. 1 Peter 3.7, Genesis 3.16, here in Ephesians 5, 1 Corinthians 7, Proverbs 5, Colossians 3, and so forth. So it doesn't, it, it, God doesn't just touch on this subject. It's so important that it's throughout the Scripture. It's that important, men, to be a leader and a lover uh, in your relationship. This morning, though, being a leader to your wife, being a leader to your wife. You know, the two sons of Zebedee, the mother comes to Christ and says, well, I want one of my sons to sit on your right and one on your left. But what did Jesus say about that? What, what is great, what is being a great leader all about? What does it look like? Uh, well, we find uh, in Matthew 20, 25 through 28, Jesus called them together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to, be, to become great among you, you must, uh, great among you must be your what? Servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. Servant. 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 That's being a great leader. Foremost. Uh, a husband uses his authority as Jesus did to serve his wife. High calling, isn't it? His concern is not for himself. His concern is not to give orders, to boss other people around, his wife or his family, uh, to have his own way. His concern as a leader is to meet the needs of his family. He is willing to sacrifice himself, his personal needs, his desires, his aspirations, his time, his money. And if he is not willing to do that, he is not qualified to lead. How many men in America who are married understand this? I think very few, and it's sad. People get married today, especially men, not knowing the responsibility that's before them. And they take it lightly, and it's sad. And we see uh, the result of that, do we not? in this country of ours, and all over the world, I guess. But uh, also in John 13, uh, we find that leadership is not a throne or a club, but a basin and a towel. Whoa, wait a minute. That doesn't even make sense. That's not what Jesus said. He said when he had finished washing their feet, that is his disciples' feet, now, we're talking about God himself, God incarnate, 
the great I am, washing his disciples' feet. By the way, they weren't clean. When you walked around with sandals on all day and through a lot of things that we don't have to walk through today, and I'm not going to get too specific, your feet were filthy. Okay? That's the picture here. So when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you are also to wash one another's feet. I have set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Let me ask you men, when was the last time you washed your wife's feet? And I'm not talking about physically, literally, although that's not a bad idea, and she might appreciate that, but in other ways. Bowing down, serving, sacrificing, giving. This is huge. You see how big this is? This is no little small matter between you and God because you're representing Christ to her, His bride, His his church. You have a servant's heart. You have a servant's heart. What are we seeing here? Humility. Humility, not pride. You know who the family's biggest servant is? And it's not the wife. It's the husband. As Christ loves the church and serve the church and the leader of the church, we're to do that with our wives. Christ is a great model and he made himself a servant. Did he not? Philippians 2, 3, 3 through 8. And these are familiar passages. Uh, and, and, uh, but they're wonderful passages that we need to soak up. And not only just know up here, but have it come out in our lives. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, we see that word, value others above yourselves. That's your wife. Not looking to your own interest but each of you to the interest of the others, and that's, of course, your wife's included, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, in the, in the very nature, God, we're not God, but if Jesus did this, who is God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a what? Servant. Being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he what? Humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Wow. Are you getting the picture? I hope you're getting the picture. You say... I think men fail very badly towards our wives, and I'm including myself. Remember, when I point a finger, there's three pointing back at me. And so, uh, but 
I'm not saying this lightly. It's extremely, extremely important. Mark 10, 45, for even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Are we better than Christ? Absolutely not. Remember, he is head over all things for the sake of the church. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, we've already looked at that. So the husband is to live for the sake of his wife, which means keeping her best interest at heart. He is to be his wife's servant leader. Now, what are some of the ways Jesus Christ was a leader to his disciples? Who is our model, by the way, men. In other words, everything that Christ did towards his disciples, he was our model towards our wives. Uh, first of all, he spent great... And this is going to be hard for some of you to to deal with, and I've dealt with people, but he spent great amounts of time with them. Ooh. He didn't go to bars. He didn't go out with the guys every night. He was with them. Why? Because he loved them. What are, you, what are men saying when they do that? Now, I'm not saying... You know, you can't go hunting. I don't want, I don't want false guilt here. It's, you can't do things without your wife. But I, know, I can tell you one thing. Whenever you saw my dad, you saw my mother. Because they, they went fishing together. They went uh, uh, relic hunting together. Not all the time, but I'm saying, though, they spent lots of time together. And they were like this. They were like that. And uh, why? Because she was dad's sweetheart. And he loved being with her. And uh, so Peter, in Peter, 1 Peter 3, 7, which is another scripture, husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives. I've known it's sad, but I've known husband and wife who basically divided their house up into two homes and he had his side and she had her side. But then treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that you, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. We should delight men in spending time with our bride. Any conviction yet? Maybe you do a good job of this, and I hope you do. But I think we can all improve on that. You know, Janine and I, uh, on Friday night, again, not that I'm setting myself up as, but we have a date night. Friday night's our date night. Unless it's some catastrophe or something, we know that that's our date night. Our kids know that it's our date night most of the time uh, when we have to keep grandbabies and so forth. But anyway, it's our time, a special time that we have together. And 
we should have something like that with our wives. Uh, I read an illustration, and uh, and it was talking about is said to this couple, the pastor did. Well, what do y'all do together? And said, Oh, we go down to the to the pond and sit out by the pond and listen to the frogs, uh, the frogs croak. And he said, What? What fun is that? He says, oh, I just love being with my wife. You see, you don't have to spend a lot of money to be together and to delight in each other. You can go listen to the, to the frogs croaking. If that's Janine and I love to go down to Dolphin Island. We just sit on the beach and talk and relax. And Wow. It's not hard. Do we delight do we delight in our wives? And if not, why not? Also, Jesus taught them. He was called their teacher, which we've already seen. And God expects the husband to lead and serve the wife by teaching her. By the way, we can learn from them too. But... After this is over, you can go home and talk about it. And uh, maybe, maybe you'll need to repent. And that's good. We'll talk about that in a minute. If they want, uh, 1 Corinthians 14.35, if they want to inquire about something, that is, your wife, they should ask their own husbands at home. For it is, a dis- it, for it is disgraceful for a woman to speak in the church. I'm not going to get into that right now. But... Uh, uh, we're to teach, and the wives are to discuss things. Communication, it's called. Communication. Whenever I counsel people, communication, communication, communication is the key to a happy marriage. Talking about things, not bottling them up. Also, Jesus led by being a good example. You know, Jesus said, follow me. And he had a good reason for saying that why. He was the way, the truth, and the life. He was the perfect example, was he not? He was one who walked the walk. What did Paul say? 1 Corinthians 11.1 1, Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Can the wife say that of you? Men that you're following the example of Christ, can they follow you? Can they respect you? Because you see, respect is earned. I think it's interesting at the end of Ephesians 5, did you notice that? And then it says, and the wife is to respect the husband. But that's, if the husband, I think, is doing all of this, she can respect him. If he's being the leader and the lover that he should be, she should respect him. So, also we see that uh, he prayed for and with his disciples. And he prayed constantly. Also, Paul and, and, and Christ himself believed in the sovereignty of God. That is, living a life that manifested confidence and rested in and submitted to the sovereignty of God. 
Romans 8 and 9, Paul talks about. In other words, God is in control. God takes away a perfect love, cast out fear. And when we're trusting Christ and we're trusting God, then we know that all things are working together for our good. And that will be manifested, men, and how you lead your wife. You know, you can say, well, I don't understand this. This is going on. Uh, I can't explain it, but I know God's in control. And see, she'll go, wow. Or do we fret and bite our fingernails and, and worry? We have to follow the scriptures as the final authority. 2 Timothy 3.16 All scriptures given by inspiration of God. Respect is earned. Philippians 4.9 Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me, Paul says, or seen in me. Gentlemen, see, that's it right there. Seen in me. Boy, you want to do something dangerous? Ask your wives what they see in you. That can be scary. Now, don't misunderstand me. Nobody gets 100% on this one. But there are ways that you can improve your relationship with your wife. And how do you do that? Ask her, how can I improve my relationship? Now, again, that's really, kind of makes you... Shudder a little bit to think, well, what, what is she? But see, there's no fear. There's no fear of what she might say because you want to improve. You want to, to be a better husband. And so you talk it over. Put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Say, peace. So many marriages, there's no peace. There's no peace, which is so sad. And I believe when we're being the husband, the leader we are, then they will respect uh, what we say. Uh, And of course, husbands, we all know that we fall short, uh, that we're not the perfect example to our wives as uh, we should be. But it doesn't mean that we're not to strive to be perfect. What does that mean? You can improve. Oh no, I, man, I got this thing down. Talk to your wives about that. I think you're going to get a different opinion. Amen. <laughs> right? First uh, Peter 5, 2 and 3. Now this is speaking of elders, of me, uh, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Watch. But see, it can be said of the wife as well because the husband is, is uh, uh, over, the, over the wife as the head of the, the wife. Watching over them, not because you must, well, i got to do this, but because you're willing. Why? Because God has made you willing. God is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. What's his good pleasure? That you love your wife. That you lead your wife as God wants you to be. Not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to what? Oh, we got back to that again? Gee. You mean I got to wash my wife's feet? Yeah, maybe not literally, but in other ways. Yeah, servant. 
not lording it over those entrusted to you. Isn't that easy to do, to lord it over? You're going to obey me because I'm in charge. No love in that. But being examples to the flock. When we fail, when we fail, what must we do? We need to confess to our wife. Men, do you find that hard to do? To confess to your wife? I do. I find that very hard to confess. Paul, what did Paul say? Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ, uh, of that which for which Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Say you failed and you, and you confess to your wife, I've failed you. How can I improve? You forget what is behind, but you strain toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me uh, heavenward in Christ Jesus. We need to ask for Forgiveness. Why? Because even in failure, the husband must be an example of how the believer should deal with sin. Isn't that amazing? So even when you confess your failure, you're showing that a believer must deal with sin. And your wife will see that. When you humble yourself and say, please forgive me, that hurts you, I didn't mean, but it hurts you, please forgive me. And boy, that says volumes. Jesus led by making decisions and delegating responsibility, so we should too. Be men, be clear, concise, specific, and leave a large measure of freedom within that structure. Do not... Do not, men, micromanage your wife, questioning everything she bought at the store that day. Going through the, why did you buy this? You paid too much. You can get that cheaper over here at that da-da-da-da-da. You know what she's going to tell you? You do it. I see some, yeah, I I hear some people have uh, experienced that, yeah. Why don't you just do it yourself? You can do a better job than I can. You need to do this. But we need to be sensitive to their needs and questions, their physical, emotional, and spiritual needs. But also at the same time remembering that there is one who has the final authority, and that's you, husbands. You have the final authority. Don't abuse it because that's easy to do. But remember... If there isn't one who has the final authority, chaos and confusion will result. 50-50 marriages don't work. And by that I mean, okay, it's my turn to make a decision. Next time it's your turn to make a decision. 
And then, you could, then you'll forget whose decision-making time it is. Who made the light? I don't know. No. No, that's not how God designed it. You know, it's not your turn and then it's my turn next time to decide. You know, this is the way God has set things up. You know, even it's interesting, in ballroom dancing, men lead. You may not know that, but that's the way it is. The man leads. If both are trying to lead, you're going to have, well, it ain't going to be pretty. That's all I can say. The best dancer has a strong lead, men. Her opinions, advice, desires, suggestions, requests, fears, questions should be highly uh, considered. Her, what she has to say, you need to really listen to. The wife is to be your chief. Listen now, this is This is tough. Who is to be your chief advisor, resource person, or consultant? Your wife. Your wife. You know what, men? They have a lot of good things to say a lot of times. And we need to listen to them. Listen to what they have to say. Uh... And this is just, and I'm, I'm, I'm just about finished here. And this is just being a leader. But listen, be a good listener, men. And you know when you're not because they'll say, you're not listening to me. And say, oh, yes, I am. Then what did I say? Oh, and then you're trapped because you don't know anything. <laughs> I can see that's happened to a few people as well. No, be a good listener. But not only just hearing what they say, really considering what they say. Because sometimes it's, unless it's a biblical, a spiritual issue, sometimes it's very difficult to make a decision. A lot of times it's like, you know, if Janine, when we started fixing the house up, I didn't say, I don't like that picture there. Matter of fact, that picture is not going to stay there. That's going over there. Now, if a man does that, he's not very smart, okay? No. When it came to decorating the house, I stayed out of it. And as a pastor, when it comes to the music, I don't micromanage the music, but I've known some pastors that actually micromanage the music. All the songs have been chosen by the music director. I don't like that one. Scratch it. Don't like that one. And then what happens? You do it. Because obviously... I don't do it right. No. I mean, I want her and I delegate to her and say, I'm not a decorator. The house is yours. Because if I decorated it, I'd have what? Fish on the wall and like big deer horns and, you know. But I think God has set it up in an amazing way. And that is that the husband can be a loving servant leader. And men, you will be loved for it. Next week we're going to look at what it means to love your wife. To really love your wife. Let's pray.
Father, this morning I, I pray that these truths from your word, being a servant leader, as Jesus was a servant leader, would just pierce our hearts. God, I pray that we as husbands this morning would repent for how we have spoken to our wives, how we have not listened to them, how, how we have abandoned them so much, how we act like we don't even want to be around them. Lord, forgive us. But Lord, show us that Jesus loved us when we were unlovely, when we hurt Him, when the disciples uh, disobeyed Him, when they did not always measure up. He loved them anyway. God, give us such love for our wives. And Lord, they're precious in Your sight. They're the most beautiful part of Your creation. May we treat them as such. In Jesus' name, amen.